Hello and welcome to the Sprint Podcast. The Sprint Podcast is a meeting place for all things agile and product related. In each episode, we'll talk to some of the most knowledgeable people from the space and pick their brains on what is happening out there in the world of product and agile. I should start by um, making an introduction as to who you are. Sure. I suppose. Um, and the best thing I can do is to give you, I suppose, m- my understanding of who you are. That, that feels like the most organic and natural way to do it. Um, so we've known each other now for about two years, I think. Ish. Two or three. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And truthfully, I can't actually remember how we ended up getting to know each other. But what I do remember is an early memory of being on one of your webinars. Um, I think it was like a, a scrum of scrum style lesson, um, which was really cool. Um, I recruited for you as a client. Um yep probably 18 months ago. And since then, we've been in touch quite a lot up until recently when I attended one of your workshops at the Scrum Australia event, which was amazing. Awesome, Um, yeah. So I would describe you, rightly or wrongly, um, as a senior agile coach, as a keen contributor to the community, as a trainer, and you run Scrumcraft as a director, as as I gather it is, is, is a training business. Yeah, training and consultancy. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that's, that was was that was that about right? Yeah, that's um, that's pretty good. I um, I think uh, yeah, agile coach and trainer, director of Scrum Craft. I mean, you've got it all there. There all we there. go. There yeah. we go. And yeah. wearer of probably one of the most handsome beards in the agile community as well. It's a little Gandalfy uh, <laughs> looking, but uh, yeah, it's um, it gets a lot of comments. Yes, uh, okay. uh, very popular at Christmas time. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you get the first call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, mate, the um, I suppose the whole purpose of the Sprint podcast is sort of my way um, and the team's way of of trying to give something back to the agile community more than insights into the labour market, what's going on, finding people jobs hiring, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I suppose we leverage people like yourself who are sort of leaders in the space, really, for insights, for stories, for anecdotes about your experience, um, your journey through the space, what you see is going on now, what you see is potentially coming around the corner. Um, and we'll just kind of chew the fat a little bit on, on, on some of those things. And I suppose the best starting point is with your story and how you got to where you are now, whether or not it was something you planned to move into, kind of doing the more agile stuff, you know, and, and quite what that journey looked like for you. Because I suppose a lot of the people who will listen to this will probably be people who are either interested in the space, interested in making a transition and getting into it, um, or maybe you've just heard a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And look, I think it's important to say that uh, recognising your uh, contribution back to the community, because that's, that's a really important part of what makes the Agile community tick. Um, so kudos uh, to you and the team for doing that. Um, if I think about like my journey, um, it's funny, I actually wasn't in project management in the early part of my working career. I was actually right. a sound I was actually a sound technician. So I used to no mix way. band. Yeah, I used to mix bands and uh, I'd travel with bands to do live um live engineering or work with them in the studio to do recordings and things like that no so way. so this whole podcast thing is like bringing back all sorts yeah. of memories for me what, what sort of bands did you work with generally all 
generally alternative type of bands. I, I do like the heavier genre. Um, right. And that's something that I still listen to today. So, um, you know, I kind of grew up uh, playing in bands myself. So I, I yeah. play guitar in band, but I play other instruments as well. But um, I don't play any more. <laughs> What's your go-to instrument? Go -to Is it guitar? It's guitar, yeah. 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 I'm the um, same. I, actually... I, I don't know how we've never talked about this because I... I'm the same. I have a love of heavy music and play in a band currently. Um, there you go. Here on the heavier side, although we haven't gigged yet, we've been practicing for a long time. Um, awesome. It's probably too early to say anything substantial about it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's 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 really cool. That's another thing we have in common then. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's funny because it, at the uh, Scrum Australia event, when I did the microphone check, I I, I cupped the microphone and gave it a a bestial death growl. Um, <laughs> to uh to warm up um so yeah i guess um the transition to the project world i found myself um at the end of um sound engineering i mean i loved it it was really good um i was i you know i hit a point uh where i um i wasn't able to scale further than where i was and i was getting so busy that i was kind of burning out and i wanted to settle down and have a family and do all yeah. the family type things so I started working in a in a telco and um, within about three months of working working there I found myself um, being pitched for all sorts of different um, senior roles and um, uh, I, I, I found myself in a role that was kind of half performance management for a call center and kind of half project management and I found that um, I really enjoyed the project management side of things and the performance management, eh, that didn't get me up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I wanted to find something that would allow me to sort of grow into that that project uh, type um, work on a full-time basis. So I, um, I I found myself a mentor and 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 worked um, a great mentor and and worked into uh, that project space and mm. uh, eventually sort of made a few moves. I found um, that sometimes you know to to get ahead you kind of have to step sideways or backwards, um, and so I, I did that a few a couple of times in the early stages. So I went into project uh, analyst and then. Uh, business analyst and then project manager and portfolio manager and um, eventually found myself in a, um, a manager of PMO. And so that stepping stone um, happened fairly, fairly quickly, uh, really. And I just I just love the discipline and the I was, I'm, I'm very disciplined, even though I don't look like I'm a disciplined person. Um, it makes me, you know, I, I like it. It makes me, gives me the feels. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, knowing that, you know, you've got a plan, you know, you move with the punches and but you know what your objective is. So whatever happens along the way happens along the way. But, you know, your end objective is still is still your mission and um mm. you know I, I i liked the idea of having projects that i was working on uh you know that i could see on bus shelter signs and things like that it's kind of yeah, yeah, the yeah. things that sort of got me got me motivated to keep going in that space so i had um a team of people across multiple states um i've had a number of roles similar to that since um, but my first learning experience in the Agile about a decade ago or so, something like that anyway, um, 
I was a manager of project managers and business analysts. I did the did what I thought was the right thing to do, which um, I think every manager thinks is the right thing to do at some point. Um, is you know you put everybody on a training course and then um, you know it, you'll be agile at the end of it. Yeah. And so that was my first learning. How did that go? It 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 didn't go so well. You know there wasn't stakeholder engagement um with the rest of the business the you know whilst the the people in the team knew what what they could do to be more agile um and i used that word intentionally to be more agile um the rest of the organization really wasn't ready at that point in time um so since then uh lots of other I suppose things that was that was quite early doors for you to kind of make that step right in the grand scheme of things yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the first significant learning. Uh, I say learning. Of, it's an epic failure. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, from that, you know, you get you get your battle scars, and you you work out. Well, if I had my time again, what would I have done differently? Which is all part of that inspect and adapt type of thinking. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and uh, so why was agile on your radar at that point? Why did you go? Listen, team, we're going on a course. We're going to do this sort of thing. I saw lots of opportunities for um, improvement and, you know, whether you call it, um, whether you think of, you know, your end-to-end -end process and think of uh, your process as a number of steps that you take to get to an end result, um, there were a lot of things that would happen along the way that would either cause delay or were things that were wasteful or um, things that seemed to be a bit heavy-handed for the simplicity of the thing that you were doing. Um, and I thought of Agile as being uh, a way of um, minimising that sort of thing and to also uh, to reduce risk um, uh, to the projects. So always looking for continuous improvement seemed mm. to be a good ethos, you know, to, to sort of have, um, you know, if you think about the traditional project management approach, uh, of uh, retrospective, it's kind of at the end when you're doing a, a, um, a, a PIR at the end of a project and that gets filed away and, you know, only really you or anybody that might have read it or could find it um, could benefit from those learnings, you know. So we're yeah. re repeating problems over and over again. So, yeah, uh, the iterative approach, learning fast, engaging directly with the customer, they're all things that I wanted to bring in. Yeah, and did and you felt as though you were kind of just naturally gravitating towards that sort of thing? You had a, a natural interest in it? Yeah. Um, you talk about um, uh, resonation in, in music, right? Um, it just resonated well with me. You know, the whole concept of um, that way of working uh, just, you know, just aligned with my values and goals, uh, really. Um, and it wasn't until actually a bit later that I um, came to discover Scrum as a as a form of agile, and mm -hmm. um, man, that just sold me. As soon as I as soon as I stepped into that camp, I was like, "Where have you been all my life?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and so yeah, I that really um, honed in on on the things that I valued in in a in an approach uh, and a framework. Um, but I've always had this uh, this element of human um, you know, uh, human aspect of of you know it's 
you know, I think of it now and I think it's people who do the work right. So I, mean, I think about it back then, it was like, just, you know, just be kind to each other, just be nice to each other. Yeah. And you're, we all we all want to get the best out of this and sometimes we get there and sometimes we don't, but, it, you know, let's not blame each other if we don't, let's just learn from it and move on. Um, and that, that became an important part of, of um, how I started to operate once I discovered Scrum. That makes sense. And I suppose in a weird way, and this might be a tenuous link, I see there has been some crossover between you having started your career in music, which is something that is very creative. It's very humanistic. Um, it centers around people coming together for the same thing and experiencing something. And, and probably what you're doing now actually is is very similar to that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, it, it's funny you you should you should raise that as an observation. And I'd never really thought of it that way. So, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Um, you know that 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 type of concept of community and uh, culture um, is is definitely very strong in the music yeah. industry. Um, and yeah, I guess you know the natural tendency is there. Um, well, it's to... it's funny. I I um I saw Scrum Australia was the the kind of first large scale event, and I, I guess you've been doing this for a long time, and you'll know how that compares to other events that are out there, you know, and, and how that compares to the kind of pre-COVID world as well, which I was probably less involved with. Mm -hmm. um, and it almost felt like a little music festival of sorts. I thought yeah. people were kind of excited. There was a lineup; you had to choose between which bands you wanted to see, and you had to split your time. And you know, it was very sociable, and um, it was really cool. And yeah. also you, were, you were on the bill doing your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's and sometimes you know that's um, you know I'm lucky enough to get on the bill, um, so to speak, yeah. and um, and and I have something to share, um, and I try and make that fun and entertaining. So I guess there is a little bit of that statesmanship <laughs> yeah. there too. Um, but uh, yeah, it is like a, a festival with multiple stages where you can you can choose your own adventure through the day. Um, and that's what I really like about that, you know, that vibe and energy that you get at a conference like that. And Scrum Australia was fantastic for that. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was really good uh, from a, the perspective of, you know, having international speakers coming in. Yeah. Um, the calibre of the local speakers as well was extremely high. Um, we got to collaborate across the across the sea with uh, with New Zealand folk as well, mm. um, and uh, and represent Scrum um, Alliance, um, uh, you know, from a an ANZAC point of view, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess you know it's it's things like Scrum Australia that I think um, really sort of look to bring people together into a community. I mean, there's plenty of meetups out, out there as well. If people want to join a local user group, um, there's one definitely in each state um, that is supported by Scrum Australia um, and, or should I say Scrum Alliance. Um, but um, there's also some offshoots like popping up. Uh, the last um, conference is a series of conferences across different states. Um, probably the first face-to-face -face one since COVID um, happened in, in Melbourne um, in November, I think, mm -hmm. last year. Um, and there's an one in Adelaide uh, coming up on the 19th of May as well. So uh, likewise, nice. 
outstanding cast of people to to be speaking there. Um, so yeah, some really good grassroots type of concepts that people will be talking about. Uh, so not theoretical, but more practical type of um, aspects to the implementation of uh, agility, business That's agility. Awesome. And I feel like people are absolutely gagging to get back to these in-person sort of face-to-face meetups and conferences. Absolutely. The kind of whole COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, having had a, a, had experienced um, getting back into the classroom for face-to-face training, there's, you know, you, you kind of have, uh, we've missed it, that's for sure. And yeah. uh, finding that energy and the buzz in the room and being able to, you know, add movement to the concept of training again is is awesome. It's yeah, it's awesome. cool. That, that's yeah. a good segue, perhaps, to talk about uh, Scrumcraft and kind of what that is, what your part in that is, and and what it's all about. Because yeah. I, I see I see your content a lot on LinkedIn actually, which is great, right? You're you're in everybody's feeds, which is awesome. Um, but good for the listeners to know kind of what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. I well, I'll start off with the mission. Really, that's a probably yeah. a good place to start. So, um, I really thought about this when I was kicking Scrumcraft off, um, and um, I'm glad that the name uh, came to be as well. That that uh, that worked out really nicely. But um, we're on a mission to demystify agility at scale. So, um, so often we see the implementation of agile teams and the successes that they have that when organizations experience that success there's it's a natural tendency to want to extend that to other teams right um so uh what we find is that when scaling uh, agile teams um you tend to amplify any of the uh, problems that still exist with a single team and it becomes larger um, when you start to um, roll out multiple teams. So you really right. want to get your foundations right um, and starting with a reference model is, is is key to that. So our mission is to demystify Agile at, demystify agile at scale. Um, and I guess our purpose is um, sits around a few different core concepts. One is to make um, global training uh, offerings more readily available in Australia. So bringing things like um, Scout Agile Framework or the uh, or Scrum Inc um, type offerings um, through their Agile Education Program um, to the Australian shores uh, was a key key aspect of what we wanted to achieve there. Um, having training available when you want it the most was another one. Um, so yeah, we uh, we really taking that sort of human-centered um, aspect uh, to to what we do. That's awesome. And, and how long have you been doing that for now? You know, I was looking at that the other day and I was thinking, wow, um, I was uh, still gainfully employed uh, with uh, with an organization when I when I kicked it off. Um, mm-hmm. It was tw- 2019. Yeah, right. Uh, I'd have to say probably went uh, full time uh, as a as a company um, back in April last year. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So you're going well, presumably. Yeah. Oh, no, no going back now. Uh, it's all <laughs> full steam ahead. Um, now I'm starting to to uh, feel those uh, scalability challenges. Oh, right. Um, That's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so w- which point in someone's journey and, and career and, and professional development path would they benefit from, you know, working with yourself um, and, and Scrumcraft? 
you know, um, I think it, it can happen at any stage. You know, I um, sometimes when I talk to people, I think, um, you know, now is not necessarily the right time for you for training. I think, you know, you kind of need perhaps maybe more of the coaching aspect um, uh, to help guide um, uh, some uh, experiential growth. Um, so, you know, get some runs on the board, get some experiences, um, understand some of the pain, um, et cetera, and then do a certification type course to understand um, the application of mm. um, improvement. Um, but then, you know, on the other, the flip side, you know, some people respond much better to getting trained first to understand what the process is and then get the experiences and learn that mm -hmm. way. So really, it, it, it really depends on you as a person as to whether, you know, you would much, you know, you would prefer a mentor or a coach to begin with to help your growth um, or whether you'd like to start off with training and then coach. Um, and it's, so. it's the idea that you're bringing people from kind of day one through to a certain level or you're working with more experienced professionals who are trying to get maybe from an eight to a 10 or what's the, the kind of focus there? Yeah, um, so with um, with the, the coaching side of the business, um, uh, I offer not only the agile coaching side of uh, coaching, but also professional development. Um, so uh, whether you're an agile leader that's looking to go from the, you know, the eight to the 10 or um, you've implemented something yourself and, and given it a red hot go, but you kind of hit this this uh, stumbling block and you're looking for ways to overcome that. Um, really, the having a coach or a mentor can really help unblock those things. And I think that's one of the key things that a coach can can uh, provide um, a coachee or a mentee is leveraging some of the, oh, you know, whether, you know, as a coachee, you're leveraging some of your own inner knowledge and experiences and tapping into some of that that you, you didn't realise that you had before, or from a mentoring point of view, uh, understanding whether options are out there in, in amongst your own options and selecting the best way forward yourself, um, you know, you can, you can really benefit uh from from that sort of approach but you know it's funny i going back to a music uh, analogy um i remember i was i was playing guitar and i was i, I started to teach because guitar wasn't my first instrument but mm -hmm. i taught myself how to play guitar because i knew how to read music and all that sort of stuff and at about 21 22 i i hit kind of a, a place where i was like not growing anymore um, so I'd been playing guitar for quite some time. You ask any of my friends, they would have said, great guitarist, knows his stuff, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But for me, I found I found that there wasn't, um, I wasn't able to do, or wasn't able to achieve some of the goals that I really wanted to achieve. So I actually went back even after that length of time, got a teacher for, uh, you know, three, four weeks or whatever it was, mm -hmm. just to give me something else that I hadn't been considering um which really unblocked what i was doing creatively and gave me a new outlet so that's awesome at any stage it doesn't matter where you are um whether you're at the beginning of your journey whether you're you perceive yourself to be you know towards the end of your of your growth um you know you never know where that next step's going to come from that's awesome that's great mm. um and so if we were to specifically speak to people who are 
perhaps interested in moving into the agile space. Maybe they are BAs, maybe they work in product, maybe they do something entirely different, unrelated. Um, what sort of advice would you give to those people or means of helping them to take the first step in the right direction? Mm. I've been asked this um, uh, a few times in the past. I think um, if you're in a particular role and you want to move towards another role, um, what's really important or what's worked for me is, um, it, you know, if you've identified your next step, then that's one thing. Um, that's like just moving from one role to another. But I guess if you don't know what your end result is, if you don't know what your end career goal is, it's also um, you're kind of going through life without sort of a particular direction. So I always like setting a longer term career goal. Mm. Um, and um, that way, if I am presented with opportunities along the way, I can decide for myself, is this taking me closer to my long term goal or am I heading away from? And if I'm heading away from, well, that might be OK, but am I doing it for all the right reasons? Yes. Um, so I think first step would be decide on a long term career goal. It can change. It can change as frequently as you want it to. All right. But decide on what it is right now and continue to um, sort of your subconscious kind of takes over after a while and you start yeah. making day to day decisions that, you know, you, ne you never really thought that you would actually obtain your long-term career goal but um you know i would have to say that that's worked for me on more than one occasion that's great advice setting that yeah um and to reinforce some of those things if you don't know how to crack into um the agile space join a meetup group you know um join a community of practice of some variety mm -hmm. create your own community of practice so where you are right now if there's nothing available start the journey be a leader um you know uh you don't you don't have to be a, a leader per se but you know you can also you know, just just be the coordinator and facilitator of that mm. within your space you'd be surprised what experiences other people in your organization will have had in the, in in that direction whatever that might be agile or otherwise setting up a community of practice in, where you are very helpful um and uh yeah you, you, you're setting a long-term career goal funny you know because i've found Certainly in my experience, and I've I've probably been focused solely on kind of agile community for probably five years now, maybe six. Um, and it's a really close knit community. Mm -hmm. It's very collaborative. It's actually really small, um, which is nice. And so I, what I found in my experience of kind of being somebody who's on really the outskirts of the community and 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 sees it through a different lens is that I feel like I've been really warmly welcomed into it. And I've forged some really great relationships. And I couldn't imagine if there was anybody with an experience trying to kind of make their way in that space that the community wouldn't put an arm around them and say, right, let's go. This is how we do it. How can we help? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The ne networking opportunities uh, are um, abundant. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that that was your experience because, yeah, that's that's how I feel as well. Yeah. That's great. I ask everybody this question and I, and I ask it more and more now because I feel like the debate around this is kind of becoming more fierce for want of a better phrase or word. Um, and the question is, where do you think things are going in the agile space? What does the future of this all look like? And I, I've heard 
strong arguments on both sides to say maybe actually it's dying out and it's not new ways of working anymore and we don't need coaches and other organizations and and speakers thinking about you know continuous improvement and continuous transformation and that sort of thing and just that the role your role the role of agile coaches will change with that where do you where do you sort of sit and if there's a a third option or one that doesn't sit on that spectrum i'd love to know mm. what you think that is i am thinking around uh a few different uh, movements that are out there uh, in um in the community at the moment um some of which really um challenge the need for frameworks and things like that um yeah. some actually challenge the agile manifesto and its values um and um i would have to say that i probably sit on the fence of you know i think that the uh, manifesto and the values um that were created in 2001 probably still ring true um with some modifications, you know, right. um, I think, you know, some of the original concepts being software based, um, you know, uh, makes it hard uh, for accessibility for other areas or other parts of a business that aren't necessarily technical. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I think that um, I think the agile movement, if you like, um, is still um, alive and well. Um, the I think that what we are going through, we've seen over the, the last few years as well, is like the aspect of business agility becoming more and more prevalent. Absolutely. Um, so it's no longer just about software. Um, it's about other areas of the business. And I'm currently working with all sorts of um, different industries at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm sitting in a room at the moment in a manufacturing plant. Um, oh, really? Yeah, um, I, and they're implementing agile ways of working for hardware. Um, I work with HR departments, I've worked with um, finance, uh, all sorts. So what really I think is, is necessary is um, the application of principles, not necessarily practices, where uh, it comes to different areas of the business outside of IT. Because I think that's the next growth area is getting people who don't necessarily think like a developer uh, to start to think like a developer um, yeah. in, in a way, because they're the ones that have been using it for longer. Um, that's an interesting observation. Mm. And, and I see that as well. I think the more the more organizations I've hired for, you know, they're, they're talking more about business agility and they're talking more about working with those departments, that, as you pointed out wouldn't necessarily have been part of the kind of first round of an agile transformation or whatever it is they, they would have been like oh no that's that's not for hr or you know that's not for finance sort of thing um so certainly i've seen that change occurring mm, mm. and i think terminology is a bit of a killer for those areas um you know you start talking to them about things like velocity and uh you know sprints and um uh I don't know, uh, story points and, and stuff like that, um, they glaze over for yeah, yeah. All, the, all the right reasons, right? Because you're not talking their language. And so it becomes really important to modify your language and tone um, to meet them where they are, um, which is right. absolutely key. That's, that's another thing. And maybe I'm taking you a little bit off piece here, but when you go into an organization and let's say you're working with a you know finance department, and you start to talk about what it is you're going to do and the agile manifesto and you know the kind of buy the book rollout if you like mm. 
if you start to sense that those people aren't taking this in, that they're, they're putting their barriers up, that they're not interested, that they think it's not for them, is it more important for you to adapt and to understand how this can be of benefit to those people? Or is it more, no, I'm going to break down those barriers and I'm going to teach you to I'm going to help you to understand the benefits of this thing that we are going to do nonetheless? I think um, experience tells me <laughs> uh, that um, people accept that change happens, but they want to be part of that change. Mm. Right. So they, they want to help design that change. They don't want change put on them. They want to, oh, if we've got to change, then let's let's do it together, you know. Um, and so I think in that you've got to give a little when it comes to, you know, your standards and 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 that sort of thing. As if you're a hardcore agilist um, and, you know, you, you speak the Bible according to the manifesto and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think if you want to lead a horse to water, sometimes you've got to get your feet wet. Yeah, and get creative in terms of how yeah. you're delivering the message, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to be in front of the horse to get it to lead to water, right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, interesting. Um, yeah, I think um, we've got about half an hour of amazing content there, and um, I'm I'm keen enough to dilute it because I think the kind of quick, succinct message that you've delivered is amazing, okay. um, and super useful. Is there anything that you are keen to chat about or add before we? We wrap things up. Um, we can probably squeeze in about another five minutes of of recorded time. I think uh, part of uh, part of the uh, agile way of working is um, is just be human. Um, be a human. Treat others as humans, um, and you'll go a lot further than um, uh, anybody who's a bit of a dick. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true, and I suppose that's true in life generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. Wrap around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I I often think, you know, should I have said that just then on recording, or should I post <laughs> yeah, that sort have. of yeah, message? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I could um, be my LinkedIn post for tomorrow, actually. Um, yes. But it, it it's true, and you know what? In the in the five or six years that I've been working exclusively with the agile community, I reckon I've only met one or two dicks. Yeah. Really. They just yeah. I don't know I don't know what it is about the space the types of people who are interested in it or passionate about it they're just not dicks. Yeah, I think it comes down to the people. Um, people just tend to not follow them if you know, and they fizzle out. Yeah, as a result. But um, yeah, nonetheless, I I think the other thing I wanted to sort of raise is um, you know talking about community um, and talking about um, sharing knowledge and and um, helping others grow. Um, I've got a uh, a Scrum uh, at scale uh, workshop coming up on the twenty fourth of June. Yep, twenty fourth of June, and. Um, yeah, so uh, the idea of the workshop is uh, it's on a Saturday to make it a bit more accessible for people, um, and it's only four hours, uh, but you get the the whole overview of the Scrum at Scale framework enough enough to be able to start an implementation uh, yourself and start to get some learnings from from giving it a go. That's so, awesome, Jess. Thanks so much for jumping on, man. No worries. That's it's been, been cool. Fun. Yeah, it's been cool to get some hang time with you. Um, mm. Weirdly, I thought we had done this before. I know. I, 
That's so strange, honestly. I, I I have such a vivid memory of doing this. It's bizarre. And I don't know anybody else who looks like you other than the man himself who you mentioned at the start of the podcast. Um, yeah. And it wasn't Christmas time, so... No, it wasn't Christmas time, yeah. <laughs> wasn't wearing a red shirt. <laughs> um, mate, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, for giving me your time. And um, I'm sure that everybody who, who listens to the podcast will um, will get a lot out of, uh, of hearing you speak. Lovely. Thank you for having me.